This is Terry O'Donnell coming back at you from Crown Bihar. Another week of oddball news stories, some political, some controversial, some all kinds of things. I picked out, I tried to pick out a large, larger variety this week for you. Some of them, again, are definitely head scratchers, both on the political side and other things. I've got internet security safety stuff here that I picked out uh, that would affect everybody around the world and to some degree and a bunch of other stuff. So with that going on, I want to say that obviously I have my website and I'll I'll give it to you every week. Um, you can go there and you can pick and choose articles. Um, you can read from other authors. You can subscribe. You can do all kinds of things in there and then go from there. So HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash five two seven dot website x five dot m e crown behalf c r a n n b e t h a d h the big thing about this week is um i'm going to be going on vacation starting this weekend and i'll i won't be back for a couple of weeks so the show is going to be on hiatus until i get back um yes obviously i can't record this while i'm on the road I will be writing blog articles on my trip and submitting them into the publications, you know, listed in my website, if that's of interest to anybody. We'll kind of go from there. And maybe I'll even write some other things that I pick up in my travels. But either way, uh, the actual podcast I will pick up again here uh, the last week of March. Now, let's get on to today's business. First article I picked out was some good news. I figured all the doom and gloom that I've been giving you guys for a while, um, you deserve a little bit of good news. So last week, the UN passed a, a very historic agreement, uh, Ocean Treaty Agreement. Multiple countries have agreed to protect marine life and oceans by 30% by the year 2030. And it doesn't sound like much, but it is a pretty big deal considering all the trash and garbage and everything else and the fish killings and everything, the stuff that's been going on in the oceans. They're talking about limits on fishing, undersea mining, and all kinds of stuff. And if they can implement all of that, that's good news for marine life. You know, maybe that mess of sargasso seaweed that's headed for the eastern seaboard of the United States won't happen again. Although they're still kind of figure out what, what effect that's going to have. So apparently it's quite a mess. And this article was in the BBC News by Esme Stallard. And then the next thing I have is an internet security thing, okay? So social media around the world is, is huge, okay? So Twitter posted an article here a few days ago that they can't protect you from online trolls anymore. So this article talks about how the corporate office in San Francisco has been pretty much gutted from developers, designers, and everything else. Uh, they've either been laid off or quit. And so there's nobody over there mining the gates. So that means that whatever you do on Twitter, there's no there's no gateway anymore, okay? A lot of bad people, a lot of bad actors are writing stuff and posting stuff, and they're being a lot hateful and nasty, and you name it, they're doing it, and they're, they're getting away with it now because there's nobody there to tell them not. And that's, that's a really, really bad thing. So if you're a Twitter subscriber, uh, which I am, you know, for other reasons, 
you're going to have to be really, really careful about what you say now because somebody may latch onto it and just trash you. I have an article here about a young lady, and you know what? And she was part of the U.S. government at one point, and it was in Politico. So the big thing about this article, now she got, she was, her name was Nina Jankowitz. And she headed up a government entity uh, a while back. And she got put in charge of this disinformation governance board that only lasted a few weeks. And the GOP just trashed her over this thing. She ended up quitting. um, And and they just just... They just, just, you know, did away with the, with the agency. The problem is that what she writes in here is that they, she got, no matter what happened, they closed everything up, she went home, she got pregnant and had kids. But the big thing is, all these online trolls are still chasing her down. They're posting her address, they're harassing her in public. I mean, they just won't let her go. But this is what happens on all this um, stuff. I mean... It's not just Twitter. It doesn't really matter what social media platform you use. Nowadays, you're going to have to be really, really careful about what you do and who you do it with and everything else because all of these ignorant SOBs are out there running around and just trashing people and doing everything they can because they they just hate people. They got nothing else better to do with their time. And I'm thinking there's something seriously wrong with all of that. Now, the other part of that is the United States government is see if they can gin up some legislation to totally ban TikTok here in the United States. They're saying that TikTok, being a Chinese social media platform, is spying on Americans in every which way possible. And so they're starting to gin up some legislation here to make it go away altogether. They've already banned it for federal employees, and now they want to make it go away altogether, basically shove it out of the country. Well, if the Americans shove it out, that means the Australians are probably won't be too far behind. And the UK is already having issues with some other of their stuff. You know, I got another article here, you know, about WhatsApp. It just came out today. Meta's, Meta's head of chat app says it would not comply with the requirements set out an online safety bill. So the UK passed a safety bill saying that they needed to remove their end-to-end encryption for their app for safety reasons, so that people could find out what people are writing back and forth. Well, all the WhatsApp is saying, no, we're not going to let you do that. Whatever people write to each other is, you know, is personal and private, and we don't even have privy to it. But the government over there is saying, no, we, we need to have privy to that for our own security. So the big fight's going on over that. Whether Great Britain's going to win or not, well, the big thing is not just WhatsApp, but other social media apps in the U.K., if they get away with doing this, then pretty much all of these social media apps are going to pull out of the UK saying, hey, you're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to do this and make our stuff unsecure for our customers? Then, sorry, we're out of here. Great Britain already having all their problems. If all these social media companies pull out of Great Britain over security, you know, security issues, then what are they going to do? That would be a huge thing. I'd be interested to see how that's going to work out. So, switching gears a little bit here, there's another story in CBC Canada news. U.S. sanctioned two Montreal companies for supporting Russian war effort. So, apparently, there's a couple of companies up there in 
Montreal, Canada, that were supporting Russia. And the United States got this coalition going, and they're saying that, hey, we don't care if you're another country. If you're supporting the Russians, we're going to sanction you. I don't get it. Why couldn't they just go to the Canadian government and say, hey, we we found out about these two guys. Can you do something about it? Instead of us, the Americans, reaching over the border and doing it ourselves. I mean, to me, that's bullyism. I mean, we're actually going to countries around the world, and we're bullying them and saying, we don't like what you're doing, and we're going to take care of this for you. You don't like it? Too bad. Okay, and I'm thinking, for decades, America has been bullying countries around the world. I've written about this a few times. And here's another example of it. And I got another example. Here, I pulled up Argentina. Here's something in The Hill came out last week. Argentina ambassador bemoans House Republicans' offensive, insulting comments on Chinese involvement. That's by Rafael Bernal. Now, it was come out on March 3rd. The big thing about this story is... South America has been accused by the Americans of harboring Chinese companies and supporting the Chinese military and all kinds of other stuff down there. And they're fighting back saying, no, you guys are wrong. You're jumping up the wrong tree here. We're not doing that. And the Americans are saying, yes, you are. And they're saying, no, we're not. And this involves Argentina, Venezuela, Bolivia. And the thing about it is, why are we doing this to other countries. I mean, why are we getting involved in other people's business? We got enough stuff going on here at home. Uh, we got enough foreign foreign policy stuff going on, like this issue with Ukraine and Russia. We can be working with the UN on. So why do we have to step into these people's backyards and say, hey, you got to stop doing this or we're going to do something to you? That's another example of American bullyism, which I disagree with. That doesn't make me a good American, or else so be it. I've been, I've been accused of worse. Here's, here's the thing about Australia. And this is from The Guardian. I'm sorry, not Australia. My bust. This article is called Bertie Ahern Warns Against Revisiting Good Friday Agreement Now. Concerns de- concerning debate would give unionists further excuse to continue boycott of devolved government. And this article is about tinkering with the Good Friday Agreement. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull it up just a little bit. Bertie Ahern, one of the architects of the Good Friday Agreement, is urging everybody not to end up following a trap of starting a debate about reforms. They don't want to touch the Northern Ireland peace deal. And I agree. They don't need to touch that. Leave it alone. You start messing with that, and a lot of bad things are going to happen. They've already got problems with militias running around, probably just disaffected young people, got nothing else better to do, so they want to do stuff. You know, that's always been a thing. Since the Good Friday Agreement, they've always been a very, very low-key kind of thing. The cops will go pick them up and they go to, well, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he's thinking, you know, he was speaking at a session of the British-Irish Parliamentary Assembly, sitting in Stormont for one day. Open debate would give the unions further excuse to boycott. They're trying to bring them to the table. They don't need any more reasons to pull them, you know, make them stay away. So that's something that's going to bear watching. Here with another another Canadian article. Here's here's the thing. This is kind of a broad picture. So the Canadian government is all up in arms right now because apparently the Chinese government interfered in a bunch of their previous elections, and they're just now finding out about it. You know, the, you know, last couple of months. And at first, Trudeau was going to hide it and say, "Oh no, 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 don't worry about it. 
It's all good. But the MPs are saying, oh, no, 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 we're going to do something about this. So this article came out a few days ago by Catherine Tooney. It says, Singh says popular public inquiry into election interference could protect secret information. What they're worried about is classified information about government and their military coming out in public. And obviously, no country wants that. So they're trying to figure out how they can do something about this Chinese political influence here when there are elections without disclosing state secrets. Well, yeah, that could be a big deal. And definitely, the Canadians definitely need to figure that out because China is getting really aggressive around the world. Not just in Canada, but as I mentioned before, in South America, they're doing a lot of stuff over in Africa right now. But basically, China is doing everything they can to influence world governments on an individual basis. They're putting their economic stuff in place. And I was reading an article, another article this morning, how Quebec right now is looking into a bunch of Chinese police stations in the province of Quebec. You know, that was a thing last year, and apparently it's still a thing, where the Chinese government just arbitrarily set up police stations, and they aren't policing Canadian citizens, they're policing Chinese citizens. And that's kind of a bad deal, because, I mean, these folks escaped China to get away from all that oppression, but the Chinese government followed them over. And it was an issue in, in the United States here a few months ago about that. The Americans raised a, a big stink about Chinese police stations in New York City. And the Chinese poo-poo said, oh, no, they're not police stations. Well, yeah, they were. Uh, well, the Canadians have got it going on, too. So if it's happening in Canada and the United States, you know it's happening in other countries. Everywhere that China has a footprint, it's probably happening. If anybody really cares, which you should, especially if you're a Chinese immigrant, or even not yet Chinese, let's say you're uh, one generation non-immigrant, your parents immigrated, but you're still considered Chinese, and you could run afoul of these Chinese spies and terrorists, and I call them terrorists, whatever you want to call them. So yeah, that's something, another thing to kind of watch over your shoulder a little bit if you're involved with that. Here's another thing about Twitter. Thousands of pro-Trump bots attack his challengers. So the big thing here is Discord, for example, as an online chat thing. A lot of people are all involved with that. Notorious for you can create your own bots, robotic programs to do things for you. So apparently they've got thousands of these pro-Trump online bots and they're using them to run attack ads against his challengers, like Nikki Haley. He's already attacking Ron DeSantis, even though he's not even in running yet. Although, everybody's waiting to hear that. So the big thing is, he's already using the internet to attack these people. And it's going to get, you know, this next presidential election is going to get really ugly here in the United States. In an article, what I already mentioned, Trudeau orders to probe of China election, based on that Arctic article, that MP saying a public inquiry needs to happen. Well... He's saying, yeah, we're going to let it go. We're going to do it. A good thing. And there's an article about Israel, the Israelis attacking Syria again, knocking Aleppo Airport out of service. But the big thing is, they're based, I, you know, I wrote this, that they're trying to wipe. The reason they did this is because the Iranians have got such a big influence in Syria. So they're not necessarily attacking Syria in and itself. They're attacking the Iranians and the Syrian government, which is in bed with the Iranians. 
And that's what their whole goal is, is they want to knock Iran off the map and, and their proxies thereof, Syria. In this instance, here's another article. I, I pulled a bunch of Twitter stuff here this time. So this, this article here, I pulled this morning. It's from the Hartman Report. It says, as the world watches aghast at how gullible Americans have been lied to for years by Fox News, many are asking why. Why would they do this to our democracy? Well, the answer is money and influence. And I got, I, I pulled another thing here. Here's another article from the Hartman Report. Why is Rupert, Rupert Murdoch's lie machine poisoning American democracy? Well, here's the thing. It's not just the United States. Australia is complaining about this. UK is complaining about this. And anywhere that Robert Murdoch and his, his, corporate, his global corporate enterprise is installed, basically in Australia, they said that he owns about 60% of the news media there in that country. Here in the United States, he owns a, not that much, but a significant amount of news media, Fox News being the biggest one. In the UK, he owns a bunch of media over there. And basically what he's doing is using all his news platforms to spread disinformation. He's doing his best to sound discord and separation and division in the countries. Uh, And like I said, it's not just the United States, but he's doing it for one reason. One, it makes him a lot of money. Secondly, He's basically trying to rule the world, or as much of it as he can. He wants to be the talk doc. He wants to be in charge of everything. He wants to be the guy that you read about in in dystopian fiction about the spider on top of the world and pulling strings in different countries and and making the world in his image. Basically the whole point of this. And that guy just needs to go away. But of course that's probably not going to happen. And there's some more stuff on dystopian futures. Here's an article that I got permission to use from Umar Haik in Eudamia. And this one he wrote, and it's published in medium.com. This article talks about, Welcome to GOP's vision for an authoritarian America. The GOP's blitzkrieg of hate and peace on peaceful, innocent people and why it's fascism. So I'm going to kind of Focus on that word a little bit, fascism, just for a few minutes. There's a lot of articles coming out right now from all sides and states talking about fascism on the rise here in the United States. It's rising in Australia and, you know, to a lesser degree in United, over in Great Britain. But Australia and the United States right now are trying to fight it off. They're having a hard time with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's nip and tuck at this point. Omar Haig... It's, he talks about Ron DeSantis and his ideas. He went. He Ron DeSantis went out to California and did a speech out there. Basically, he wants to mold the United States into Florida's image. Well, Florida's image right now is this his image. So here's another guy who wants to be an authoritarian leader and make the country in his image through all the states. That's scary. That's a very scary thing. Representatives down there in his pocket. And they're doing all kinds of weird stuff, like making a law against blogging, against saying anything bad about the government in Florida, especially the governor. If you write any negative, any if you write anything, good, bad, or otherwise, you got to register with the state of Florida before you can publish it. Well, that's not going to fly. There's nobody outside the state of Florida that's going to follow that. But it's just a fact 
that they feel like that they can actually they can actually enact this kind of law. I mean, it just shows you how how crazy these people are getting. And this whole thing about accelerating, Umar mentions the Gestapo from Nazi days. Uh, that was a big thing. The SS troops. We don't want that here. You know, I'm kind of rolling through this a little bit here. I you know obviously I'm going to post these so you can read them. There's a whole bunch of stuff here. But the big thing is, it's it goes to the point of paramilitaries, which we have some in here in the United States. We may get more. I mean, that's that's scary. I don't, I don't want to be on the business end of that. So here's another article. This was at Al Jazeera. U.S. Republican leader Ron DeSantis lays out right-wing platform. And this is what I was just talking about. He went out to California, did a big speech. He's got a big right-wing platform, his model for the United States. I did. Here's another article about the future. And this goes along with some of this right-wing stuff. I got permission to use this article from a guy named Ray Katz. The article is about lying to children. Right-wing ideologues want us to lie to children to ensure that their hatred consumes the next generation, and they will fail. And I agree with him. This is a Washington Post article documents how teachers are being forced to squelch the truth, deceive their students by distorting reality to fit a right-wing problem. Now, it's not in every state, obviously, but there's a lot of states, like Arkansas right now is big in the news on this kind of stuff, but a lot of other states, Iowa and a few other ones, or basically Florida, of course, it's been all in the news. But red states here in the United States are basically curtailing curriculum that doesn't follow their agenda. Their agenda being, we don't want to talk about race. We don't want to talk about gays. We don't want to talk about CRT. We don't, there's just a laundry list of things they don't want to talk about. And basically what they're doing is they're rearranging the curriculum in all these schools to reflect that. And they're trying to tell students, this is a very narrow path we want you to learn, and yada, yada, yada. So the big thing is, what's going to happen is students being students, once they get out of school, they're going to hear stuff on the grapevine. They get out of high school, and they're going to be in a vacuum. And they're going to intermix with people from other states who are getting educated in all these things. And they're going to say, wow, I didn't know that. Well, they're going to go after it. Well, then they're going to get upset because they're going to want to know why their schools didn't teach them this stuff. And this is what Ray Katz's article is about, is that these kids are not stupid. They're going to run out there and they're going to want to know why their parents and school boards and all the adults in the, in the room that were supposedly being taken care of them were lying to them all those years and they're going to get angry. And they're going to probably have protests and riots and all kinds of stuff in the future. That's down a road, but it's coming. I mean, if anybody remembers all the riots from the Vietnam, the, the late 60s and 70s, which I'm old enough to remember those. I was in high school back then. That was, it, it shook up the country a lot because these young people found out that the government was lying to them, sending them overseas, not telling them why they're going. Well, then when they found out why they were going, they protested mightily, and it changed the course of the United States. Well, it could happen again. Now, here's an article. I'm going to kind of change gears again. Here's another article. Foreign workers file human rights complaint against a Manitoba trucking company in the CBC News. But this goes back to not just Canada. It goes back to a lot of other countries where all of these immigrants are forced out of where they are. They're coming here in, in, in the American continents. They're coming north and looking for work. 
the other part of this this article talks about this company actually recruited people from Western company uh, Western countries to come over here and drive trucks for them. And then they did all kinds of bad things and made them break the law and doing all kinds of stuff. And of course, these guys either got fired or quit when they said no. And now Canadian DOT is looking into this. I, I pointed this article out because it's not just this company. There are countries in the United States and in, now in Canada that are taking advantage of all of these immigrants coming to porn across the border, offering them jobs. I said last week about the dairy farms in Wisconsin that have been called out. Packing plants. Trucking companies up in Manitoba and other Canadian provinces, and probably right here in the United States as well, that are exploiting these people because they're either not legal or they're barely legal. Uh, maybe they're in the United States legal, but they're waiting on their asylum cases, what have you, looking for work. Well, hey, go drive a truck. Well, we're going to run you to death, and if you complain, you're out of a job. They hold that over their head. Or if they're if their paperwork's a little dodgy, they threaten them with deportation. Oh, we're going to report you to ICE. We're going to report you to RCMP if you dare do anything. And that's scary because it's not just North America that's happening. It's happening around the world. All of these people are fleeing the climate change and all of the wars and poverty and everything else, looking for a better life. And they end up being modern-day slavery, basically, trying to figure their way out of it. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of scary. I mean, I'm glad I'm not in that situation, but I really feel bad for them people, and I wish I was more I could do for them. But you know, making it public on a podcast like this, I feel like I'm doing a small part to help get people aware of this, this stuff going on. So if you see something in your neighborhood, report it. If you see somebody that uh, looks like they might be in trouble or they're working for a, a company um, that looks a little shoddy, um, you know, the guy happens to, you know, say something to you about his circumstance, report it, okay? Don't just ignore it and say, well, that's beneath me. It, report it because human rights is human rights. We need to look out for each other. I mean, I'm not a Christian, but it is a Christian thing, according to my other article that I got. So let's let's go to that article, for, for example. So I got another article, and I, I asked this young man up in Canada for permission to use it. And it's called, So, Is Christian Nationalism Really Christ-like? And that's his article. He quotes some Bible verses about how Christians are supposed to be looking out for each other, taking care of each other. Um, there's no such thing as racial bias. Uh, economic bias and all that kind of stuff in the Bible, and he points that out, and rightly so. He's not he's not a Christian either, but the fact that these Christian nationalists are supposed to be living by these concepts, you know, as written in their holy book, and they're not. Okay, they're really not. And there's another article I picked up talking about in Australia, a Catholic group is basically tried to get away with going to court over um, sexual assault abuses for a couple of decades. When they got ready to go to go to court over it, they said, well, the, the, the guy you caught, he died in jail, so you can't take us to court anymore. We don't have a, you know, we, don't, we, we can't go because you got, we got no witness anymore. And I'm thinking, well, that's such a cop-out. I am seriously, that's just a cop-out. You, you, you hired this guy. He worked for you. He's a priest. And... He abused people really badly, and he went to jail over it. But now you're being held to account, like all the other Catholic dioceses around the, around the world, and you're using this as a way to get out of it. I'm sorry. You should. You guys should all just be disbanded and made to go away. 
I'm, I got no use for that kind of stuff. You know, they're only doing it because they're worried about getting sued. Well, rightly so. You should be sued for all that. Own it. Pay your debt and get on with it. Change your ways. Some things don't change. Big thing I look at here, there's a lot of other stuff going on where there's climate change. Here's, here's the thing. This is a big thing that's going on in Atlanta right now. There's a lot of stories coming out of Atlanta, Georgia. So the, the backstory is last year, city of Atlanta, Georgia wanted to build this police facility down in this patch of woods in the south side of the city. And a bunch of environmental activists said, no, you know, you're going to ruin the forest. You're going to ruin the environment. You're going to do this, do that. And then a lot of other people said that it's going to just, you know, militarize the the Atlanta police force. And they don't want that. So everybody and their brother is protesting this police academy they want to build down there. I can't say one way or the other. I don't know that much about that part of it as far as why, you know, the city side of it. Most of these articles are all about the protesters. Well, the big thing was there was a bunch of protesters, and some of them were for, from other countries, uh, environmental activists who were doing a sit-in down there in the woods. And the police went down there to round them up, get them out of there. So in this country, here in the United States, it, it's in the Constitution, in the Bill of Rights, that we have the right to peaceful protest. As long as we don't hurt anybody, hurt anything, we can peacefully protest things. We can protest against the government. It's written in our Constitution. Well, these people weren't hurting anybody other than doing a sit-in, but they got the cops went down there to round them all up and get them out of there. Well, in the process of that, one of these young men who was from South America, he got killed. He got shot. Well, the cops shot him because they thought he shot one of their own. Well, there's some controversy about that because the guy had a vest on, so obviously the bullet didn't get in his body and it got lost in the woods. So they don't know who shot him for sure, but the cops are all saying that this kid shot him. Well, the fact that he didn't really have a gun, they say he did, but a lot of people are saying he didn't. And this other cop is saying that, you know, he thinks that one of his own shot this guy by accident. But of course, they're making a big deal about this and saying that the cop shot this guy over nothing. And now it's all in an uproar. So there's a lot of protests going on. And the big thing about that is that it's, it's blowing up to an issue with, you know, peaceful protest. Not just in Atlanta, but around the country in general. So if it's happening down there, now Georgia is considered a purple state. A lot of red counties, a lot of blue ones, so on. Like Virginia is a, a purple, you know, and a couple other places. They're kind of that shady in between one or the other. But it doesn't really matter. The point being is that back in 1968 here in the United States, we had massive riots over the Vietnam War. And a big protest in Chicago during the 1968 presidential election speeches and stuff like that. And the cops really got aggressive and just rounded up people that were peacefully protesting and put them all in jails, roughed them up, hurt them really badly. And it was a big thing in 1968. It made made the news all over the world. Well, here we go again. And basically what they're saying here is that this could be another version of Chicago 1968. If this gets out of hand down in Atlanta, it could blow up and move across the country and other cities also. So What's it going to be? Is our, our militarized police force here in the United States going to get aggressive? I mean, Texas has been doing this for a while. 
uh, Austin, Texas got got in trouble here several times. And there's big fights in Austin, Texas about this. But other places, not so much. The, the issue is whether American police forces are becoming more militarized. I say that only because our government let them purchase at like severely discounted rates active duty style weapons, uh, M16s, vests, helmets, you name it, vehicles, all kinds of militarized stuff, gear, because they complained that, well, the criminals were getting all this stuff and they had no way to combat it. So they purchased this stuff They and now we have militarized police forces around the country. Well, that's, it's kind of, I'm thinking to myself, well, if you have that kind of thing going on, that's just a quick step to having a national police force like the SS in Nazi Germany back in the 1930s and 40s. I mean, the United States right now is on the verge of having that. They are very close to that. And that's kind of scary. I I would hate to have that. I've, I've been to other countries in the world where, you know, we, obviously nothing is organized as organized as Nazi Germany. But I do know that when it happens to countries, a lot of bad things happen. The most biggest example is Russia and Hungary right now. Um, they've been in the news. I mean, Russia has always been a bad guy. Uh, a lot of not a lot of people read news about Hungary, but the government over there they have their own kind of thing going on, and they don't they don't do peaceful protest. I'm sorry, you know. There's another article in Fox News about this journalist who got picked up in the Atlanta riots, and he was doing nothing. He was just doing his doing his job, but they rounded him up and labeled him a domestic terrorist. But that's that's just how this stuff is going. These people are being picked up now, and it's. It's like history is repeating itself. Uh, protests are getting larger, and as they are, the police are running in there and just doing bad things. I mean, I'm sorry. So uh, enough about that. I'm going to kind of let you st- simmer on some of that. There's another article in The Guardian, some of the interview with uh, a Kimberly Crenshaw warns about right-wing battle over critical race. Well, that's been a thing going on for a couple of years now. Uh, critical race you know, this idea that the United States is a racist country, was built on racist premises, and African-Americans are saying that it's a racist country, and the white Americans are saying, no, we're not, and it's a big deal, but it's getting worse. Uh, all this business that I mentioned earlier about school systems shutting that off, they don't want people to know about it. Well, I'm sorry. Here's an article I mentioned, you know, I talked about before, Rupert Murdoch. So here's another billionaire from Australia. His name is Dick Smith. Radical, his radical plan to change Australia forever. And he's never been shy about all his stuff that he wants to do. He wrote a book, His Adventurous Life with a Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, and all kinds of stuff. But he talks about him, you know, as a billionaire, he's actually wanting to pay more taxes, more than what he's, ha- you know, what he's having to pay. And he thinks that's a good thing. You know, here in the United States... Tom Hartman has made mention in some of his articles how before Reagan, back in 1980, the uh, the rich people in this country were paying 75% of their income back to the government for, for taxes, you know, having to live on the other 25%. And Reagan stopped that, and in subsequent Supreme Court articles, I, I don't know, what do you call it, I guess. The big thing is they, they've lessened that, so now pay any tax. So that's... 
I would. I kind of wonder if Americans Americans would do that. There's another article in here about Polish politicians uh, fighting over edible insects. That's kind of an oddity. I, I I pull that up just to kind of change the pace because here you know you hear about weird stuff over in the country of Georgia. They actually got in a fist fight on their parliament. You know, here a couple of weeks ago over um, this thing about uh, foreigners. Pol- this article talks about uh, pushing meat-loving citizens to eating worms ahead of elections over in Poland. And that, that was a, quite the row. Interesting deal. Smart foods and stuff. Well, I mean, you're going to fight over eating insects. I mean, I went to Sears School in Fort Bragg. We had to eat worms, so other little things. As long as you don't chew on them too much, you can put them down. I wouldn't recommend it. Here's an article on climate change from CBC. Uh, and this also coming from Europe. They're turning outdoor ice rinks this winter into parks and stuff. Roller rinks. Well, because they can't make ice. It's too warm. Yeah, the warm, Europe said that they had the warmest winter on record over there. And, you know, they're turning ice rinks into, into roller rinks. Hey, as long as people get exercise, it doesn't really matter whether you got ice or not. And, and the only ones that that's hurting are the people who are making money off the ice rinks. Oh, well, sorry. You know, get over it. Climate change. A lot of ski resorts here in the United States and Canada had issues this year over no snow. Of course, that changed. They got a bunch of snow now. Um, but it was an issue, you know, uh, midwinter where they were complaining about not enough snow and losing money. Well, guess what? Climate change is here whether you like it or not. Okay, this is how it is. You better you better start preparing for it. Another thing in CBC, U.S.-Mexico border. All these migrants have decided to not fight the Americans anymore at the southern border. They're figuring out ways to go to Canada and then try to drop down through the northern border. They still want to go to the United States, but they just figured out that they get the Canadians to let them in, and then they want to cross the northern border. So I read another article on that, how the Americans are taking some of their people from the southern border, and they're bringing them up to the northern border to combat this. So the Americans are fighting on both ends, north and south, to prevent all these people from coming into the country illegally. I don't know. It's going to get messy, I think, before too long. As I mentioned last week, the American northern border is just a sieve. There are so many places between Vancouver and uh, and Fort Fairfield, Maine, uh, or even, you know, Callis, Maine, for that matter, uh, that you could cross the border and walk across with probably wouldn't probably wouldn't get caught if you did a little homework. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. So here's a, here's another one about racial discrimination. ProPublica posted an article says Alaska says it's now legal in some instances to discriminate against LGBTQ individuals. And what they're saying basically is that in certain circumstances, it's okay. We can discriminate. I'm thinking, so I don't understand why they would want to do that. On June 2020, the Supreme ruled that workplace discrimination against people based on their sexual orientation or gender identity was illegal. Alaska quickly moved to follow suit. So Alaska's protection now extended beyond a workplace to housing, government, finance, public, and so on and so forth. But then it updated the website, say it was illegal to discriminate, so on. And then they, then they turned around a year later and changed their mind. They decided, no, we're not going to do that. And then they, you know, took off stuff off their website, and now they're saying that on certain circumstances, state-sponsored a reversal. And with regard to, here's the thing, Alaska is considered another one of those red states. So if Alaska does it, now they're, Alaska is kind of off the mainstream America. 
So anything they do up there usually takes a while to make it down to the lower 48. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But the thing about it is something like this, definitely some some people up in the north, north Pacific Northwest might take notice of this and spread it. Idaho, for example, would be a perfect example. I could see them taking this and running with it. There's some other stuff here, and I've mentioned. The, and the big thing about this here is there's another article, let's say, for example, Northern Ontario Diocese ignores decades of sexual misconduct allegations uh, you know, up in Quebec. But this is worldwide. As I mentioned, it's worldwide. The Catholic Church abused people for centuries, okay? You know, it goes against human nature to tell a man that he can't have sex because you're now part of our church. As part of our church, you're not allowed to have any kind of sexual relations whatsoever. I mean, that goes against human nature. So for for thousands of years, since the church, well, I mean, say 2,000 years, since the Catholic Church came out of Rome and they told their priests that they had to be celibate, all these abuses have been going on and documented. You know, back in the medieval days, nobody did anything about it because the church was too powerful. In modern days, in the last couple of hundred years, you know, they've been calling out these abuses to a degree, um, more so in the 20th, late 20th century, but especially here in this century. And it's, you know, the Catholic Church has been called to account numerous times. You know, they paid out, you know, bucket loads of money, lawsuits and stuff like that. You know, they're still getting caught at it. Uh, and it's like, how come they don't learn? I mean, why couldn't they just do? They have enough people in the Catholic Church around the world. Why couldn't they just do something about this? But no, they prefer to just shuffle these bad priests around, send them somewhere else where they do it all over again. And then some of them get caught again. And after about the third or fourth time, they finally pull them out and fire them and say, okay, you can't be a priest anymore. But, you know, the damage is already done. I'm sorry. And these people who are, you know, been on the on the wrong end of the abuse stick, they're scarred for life. I don't know, and you wonder why I don't want to be a Christian. This is the kind of stuff that you go back to, to the middle of, you know, Middle East days, the, the medieval days when the popes were actually the version of Roman emperors, and they wielded a big stick around Europe. They went, sent armies out and slaughtered people in the name of the church and the the Spanish Inquisition and all kinds of really bad things back in those old days. Obviously not doing it anymore, but still, you think about all of those past abuses of human rights and then here now we're doing sexual abuse from so-called celibate priests. I don't get it. I don't really get it why they wanted to do that. Just let the priests be human and a lot of that stuff would go away. But no, 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 no. Can't do that. But, you know, that's that's all I've got for stories here this week. The big thing I look at is I, I do my best to pick stuff out that's maybe a little bit funny, uh, like that thing about Poland, and not so funny. Uh, I did pick out another article here. Canada's got a, a thing going on with criminal gangs running around selling houses off from underneath people. It's been a couple of stories about here lately. Three Chinese people got caught. There was a Chinese couple that went to China on vacation, and these three young people decided to sell their house. Well, the big thing is it's not the fact that they're selling somebody's house off from underneath them. It's the fact that the article talks about how they're doing it with really, really, really good fake driver's licenses and green, and Canadian you know green cards, their version of uh, permanent resident cards up there. But these things are these these cards 
the identification cards are so good that they are making it past cursory inspections. So this guy, real estate agent, caught three of them. But there's been a bunch of articles about these people running around doing it. And I'm thinking, well, Canadians got a big problems with that. They got to figure out a way to make their identification cards get a, get a identification cards harder to copy. It's going to be interesting. But here's here's the thing about here's another article I picked out too about the United States. This one's in the Washington Post. Last week, and I think the week before, I touched on how American employers are having a really hard time with labor. Uh, a lot of people don't want to go back to work. They, they want to work from home, all that kind of stuff. And really bad jobs. Uh, the immigrants are being stopped at the border, so they're not able to hire as many illegal immigrants in these meatpacking plants as they used to. So Arkansas government, the new Arkansas governor, Sanders, signs law loosening child labor protections. Well, I told you last week this was coming. Well, she finally signed it in to into the Arkansas uh, law here. That they can loosen. So in other words, it's okay in Arkansas for you to hire a 10, 12, 14-year-old child to go to work in a, in a night shift at a meatpacking plant, cleaning up all the crap after they've been cutting meat all day. And maybe not, not just there, but other places. I mean, basically hiring kids to work sanitation crews of one kind or another. Maybe putting them to work in schools, cleaning up the hallways because uh, they can't get janitors. Or... Cleaning companies hiring these kids to work at cleaning offices at night. Uh, whatever, whatever. I mean, that's just an example. But the idea that Arkansas has started the ball rolling, that they're going to allow kids to go to work instead of going to school. So I'm thinking, okay, this is something wrong. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I did an article. Uh, I wrote an article in Medium, and I think I put it in Substack as well, that talked about these states are considering this and uh, that the, uh, the idea is that I interviewed a teacher and she was telling me that a lot of her students high school students don't want to be in high school they'd rather be out working they'd rather be making money and you know the kids don't realize just how bad the working conditions is going to be for them and they don't really care uh, obviously nobody's telling them how bad it's going to be and if you did try to tell them they wouldn't listen anyway so you have you got two sides of the coin You've got governments desperate for workers. You've got kids desperate to go to work, not really understanding what they're, what they're going to begin into, and you're going to have a mess. It's going to be a really big mess. You know, how many kids are going to get killed on the work site? And if the other part of that is a lot of this legislation is saying, well, we're not going to hold a, we're not going to, if we do this and let the companies do this, we're not going to let, we're not going to let them be held accountable. So if a child dies at a work site, because he's too young, not strong enough to handle the workload, doesn't have enough education to, to handle the job, and he gets hurt and killed, well, the company's not going to be held accountable. They're, they're like, well, sorry, too bad. Yep, and pick up another kid and put him in his place. That's just wrong. I mean, if you're an adult, you get held accountable. So why aren't they going to hold children? Why can't children come under the, under the same regulations? That just baffles me. I'm thinking... We're, you know, fast turning into a third world country or at least second, you know, second tier, second world country here in the United States. 2024, depending on how the elections go, we may fast track that over the next four years. And I hate to think about that. I mean, I, I know I'm not in a position to leave, you know, leave my home here and move to another country. 
I hope it doesn't come to that. I mean, I seriously hope it doesn't come to that. But who knows? You know, that's a few years down the line. There may be a mass exodus out of the United States in the next 10 years. People leaving, uh, you know, whatever the United States turns into over the next cycle of presidential elections. There may be a mass exodus uh, of people leaving for better better circumstances. You know, the question is, where in the world would you go? I mean, are, are there countries that are better than the United States? Yeah. But the problem with that is those better countries don't want us. <laughs> I mean, Canada basically doesn't want us. They don't like American immigrants. American Americans are good workers. They'd rather hire from other company, other countries, and get a get a be, get a better deal for their money. You know, I'll be honest with you, with the way Americans behave, I can't say as I blame them. I truly can't. So that's all I've got for today. Uh, we're almost at an hour here. My thing is, I hope you get something out of this. I I will do continue to pull. Oddball articles for you. You know, when I get back from vacation, I may save some while I'm gone. You know, it's hard to say, but we'll see. Big thing is, I want to continue doing this because I think it's important that the public knows what's going on around the world. I could I could just do stuff. United States, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on, like Atlanta and, and all these other things. But the whole point is that there's weird stuff going on around the world. I mean, the Israelis doing what they're doing, that's in the news every day. I mean, I don't really need to hash that out. A lot of abuse, abusive stuff going on over there. And everybody's watching, waiting to see what's going to happen. You know, it has a dire effect. But even so, I'm not going to touch base on that one. The big thing is, the Europeans are doing stuff. Britain's having serious issues. The Canadians are having all kinds of problems right now. Oh, there was another article. You know what? I, I forgot one. And I'm going to give you this last little tidbit. Senator Graham from the United States, says he wants to introduce a bill to set the stage for U.S. to use military force in Mexico. Think about it, okay? And I'm going to leave you this with this parting shot. What if the United States passed a law that said we could send our troops into Mexico to clean up the cartels for them? How do you think the Mexican government would take that? I don't think they would take to that very well at all. And it goes, it goes, to, goes along with that whole business of American being the world's bully. How dare the United States even think that they could send their troops across the border without permission to deal with whatever Mexico's got going on? I mean, it's all well and good to offer assistance, but to actively send troops down there without permission? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that to me that crosses the line. So that's my parting shot for the day. I'll talk to you guys here in a couple of weeks. Be well. Be safe. And I hope everybody has a good rest of their week. Thank you.